makes me nervous when I see the sound guys discussing amongst themselves. Am I doing something wrong? Or do I need to move this? Or, okay, put it on my, that's what I was afraid of. Okay. And uh, it, did I look comfortable in the video? You know why I look comfortable? Because I didn't have a suit on. Amen. <laughs> I had, you know, in, in Nigeria, suit coats are from the devil. I mean, <laughs> it's too hot to wear them. I don't have to wear a tie. And so it's wonderful. <laughs> Glory. Amen. What not? What, no, no, don't, don't, don't do that because I, I got this strapped on. That's why I'm uncomfortable. All right. <laughs> I'll be fine. It'll help me. The, the, I'm not built like you are. You know, the clothes make the man in my case. And so, uh, <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter, where are we? Chapter 8. What did I say? Yes. Oh, amen. Let's go ahead and stand together. Everyone standing. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And don't worry, there's a big clock back there. I, I know what time it is. And so, I was preaching in a church one time in Louisiana. It was one of those churches where people would respond to you out of the crowd. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. But uh, they had a church in the, at the back, or a church. And they had a clock at the back. They had pillars in their auditorium. They had a pillar right there and then they had and they had a clock right there and then they had a clock on the pulpit <laughs> and I said at the beginning I said y'all must want to get out on time and a deacon in the back said we trying to find a place to put a fourth clock because the pastor doesn't pay attention to the other three amen <laughs> so I can see the clock don't worry Deuteronomy chapter 8 Verse number one, all the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. It, it, just a little background of where we're at. Deuteronomy is preparing God's people to go into the promised land. And it's basically a repeating of the law and things that they had, that, that had already been spoken unto the people before they went into the wilderness and now... Uh, it's being spoken to them again to prepare them for the promised land. Uh, verse number two, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wast keep his commandments or no. If you ever wonder why God allowed the children of Israel to stay in the wilderness for 40 years, verse number two just told you it was to humble them to prove them, to know what was in their heart. Verse 3, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest, knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep, thy command, keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Father, I pray that you'll use these words and this message. Use me. Speak through me, Lord. And I pray that I'll be a help tonight. Thank you for the privilege of testifying of 
what you're doing in a foreign land and also to preach your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I am not, uh, I, I've never studied uh, the, much of the, the Hebrew, which, you know, uh, the, the, the Bible was not obviously originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. I did take a few semesters of Greek in college. I actually teach Greek in our Bible college. And uh, I, I get to, to fake it that I actually know Greek to students who don't know the difference, amen. And, but I've never taken Hebrew, but I, I'm, I'm, I am uh, interested in uh, some of the study. I, I came across a study one day uh, about the Hebrew language, and it, it, it said something unique, that the word for desert, we just read verses about the Lord uh, speaking to his people in the wilderness and why he took them into the wilderness. The word for desert and the word for to speak are the same word, the same spelling in Hebrew. It's a little different uh, pronunciation, but it's the same word, the same spelling. And I, 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 I was intrigued by that. And, and here we see why the Lord took the people, the children of Israel, his people, into the wilderness. And there's a reason why the, the word desert and the word to speak are so closely related. Uh, you know, it's amazing how the Bible speaks of the process of going out of Egypt and into the wilderness, and then into the promised land. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah, and I want you to see one of these unique descriptions uh, that the Lord uses. We're going to go to a few different scriptures, and Jeremiah chapter 2. And I just want to give you some encouragement about the desert, because just like uh, any, uh, anything in, in, in life, there's going to be discouragements, there's going to be uh, victories, there's going to be some uh, fruitful times, and then there's going to be some dry times. And we need to know the purpose of those times, and it's important to know. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse number 2. Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Here, the Bible, uh, uh, God is saying to Jeremiah to describe the time in the wilderness uh, as God taking a wife, the love of thine espousals. God describes the time in the wilderness as him taking a wife and bringing that wife on a honeymoon, what we would describe as a honeymoon. Now, how many of you would like to have a honeymoon like that? The wilderness, the desert. 
Could you imagine that conversation? After the wedding, we're going into the desert. And we're just going to stay there until God takes us out. But that's exactly what God did with the children of Israel. He, he brought them to himself as a man brings a wife unto himself and then led her immediately into the wilderness. He says, uh, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou winnest after, uh, when thou winnest after me in the wilderness. You see, we have our culture has a bit of a warped view of how things should naturally take place. Now, you don't have to say amen to that. Don't worry. But, and, and sometimes it takes crossing the ocean to see that. But in, in, in most cultures, they know nothing about a honeymoon. They get married. In, in, in many countries, uh, they still pay the bride price. In Nigeria, we have, and, and I've seen it in, in several countries, in Nigeria, we have uh, most couples will go through three weddings. There's the traditional marriage where two families will come together in the bride's village and the man will be expected basically to feed the village. And the two families come together. It's actually a beautiful picture. They make a covenant that these two children are no longer from separate families. They are our children. And we're going to be there to help them and to support them and to make sure that their marriage is successful. That's the traditional marriage. And then they will uh, have a church wedding, which is more like uh, what ours is, uh, except they actually expect me to preach a full sermon in the wedding. Amen. Uh, nobody's smiling about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I preach a full message in the wedding. And uh, now there is, a, there is a parallel between Nigerian weddings and Louisiana weddings. I did find out. People come mainly for the food. Amen. <laughs> I got married in Louisiana. <laughs> Ceremony was about 20 minutes. The reception was two hours. Amen. With a full buffet. But, uh, uh, but after that church wedding, they have a reception, they have some time with their families, and then they go back to work. I have, I have entertained our people with a description of what we did at our wedding and uh, the, the concept of a honeymoon. And I, but I also revealed to them the falseness of the honeymoon. You see, when God took a bride unto himself, God's bride being Israel here, he took her immediately to the wilderness. And that is supposed to teach us that the desert comes before the promised land. In other words, the wilderness, or the, the wilderness comes before the promised land. The desert precedes our victories. Uh, the, the, the promised land is not salvation. 
The promised land is the victorious Christian life. The crossing of the Red Sea was uh, the, 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 the bringing out of Egypt and the crossing of the Red Sea. That was uh, salvation. And, and the Bible uh, describes that in 1 Corinthians about the rock that is Christ. And, uh, and, and uh, the, the desert precedes our victories. But what we do and what I describe to our people, and, and they were laughing because it's, it's so foreign there. I said, look. When we had the wedding and then we had the reception, I said, after the reception, there was a long white limousine. Now, I had to describe to our people what a limousine was also. Amen. And, and uh, it, it's a different concept that someone would actually build a car so long for only three people. Amen. A driver and a couple. But uh, <laughs> I, I said, we had a limousine waiting out took us to a hotel near an airport and we flew all the way across the country and spent eight days uh, on a honeymoon in California. Now, I tell people that I was trying to get as far away from her family as possible immediately. Amen. Uh, and <laughs> there is some truth to that. But, uh, uh, but, <laughs> the, I, but here's the thing. I said, we've been married now for... 17 years. You know how many other times we've been in a limousine since then? I'll give you a guess. Zero. We haven't been in a limousine since then. And there's a falseness to having a peak experience at the beginning of your wedding or at the beginning of your marriage. Whereas God says there's, there's a time of trial before victory before celebration the desert precedes our victories secondly uh, we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8 uh, and, and, and we saw in the purpose of the uh, bringing to the wilderness we saw that one of the lessons that the uh, children of Israel learned is the same thing that we see in uh, Jesus' time in the wilderness. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. A lot of parallels there. When Jesus was tempted of the devil uh, in the wilderness, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 to the devil. And when, Je when Jesus was tempted by the devil uh, to make the stones into bread, he responded with, man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's what God taught the people of Israel in the wilderness. You see, not only does the desert precede our victories, but it prioritizes our heart. It shows us what's important. God took his people out into the wilderness to show them that the most important thing is his word. You see, he brought them into a place where the only thing they had concern with was food, and they got manna every morning, water, and that came from a rock, and shade. And they had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Right? And once they had that, he showed them what was the most important thing. That is the word of God. And look, uh, when you consider that, <laughs> I realize that if you look at a map and you look from Egypt to the, to the promised land, 
that yes, by geography, there is a wilderness. But it is not just a geographical uh, 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 coincidence that the children of Israel went into the wilderness. I mean, think about it. God had already uh, uh, shown uh, plagues and signs and wonders to Pharaoh. He had already opened up the Red Sea and, 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 and allowed the children of Israel to walk across on dry land. If he wanted to, he could have made the wilderness a comfortable place. He could have put palm trees and hotels and McDonald's in the wilderness. But he didn't. It's not just a geographical coincidence that the children of Israel just ended up in the wilderness. It was for a purpose. It was so that the children of Israel could have the right priorities before they went into the promised land. And the priority being taught to them was man liveth not by bread alone. Uh, and so the, de or the, the, the desert precedes our victories. The desert prioritizes our hearts. And to bring us back to the opening illustration, the desert prepares us to hear. Take your Bible and turn to Hosea. Hosea. And uh, hopefully you can find Hosea before we dismiss. Hosea. Ask, ask someone in junior church who does Bible drills if you can't find them. But Hosea chapter 2, after Daniel, after Ezekiel, Hosea, if you get to Joel, hang a left. Hosea chapter 2, verse number 14. Again, I'm just picking out some unique descriptions are some unique ways that the Lord describes the wilderness time. Hosea chapter 2 and verse number 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, speaking of Israel, being restored, and bring her into the wilderness. And watch it, and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her vineyards from this, thence, and the Valley of Achor for a door of hope, and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Here the Bible uses the word wilderness and the word speak in the very same verse. God says, I'm going to bring, this is, during the time where uh, uh, Israel had been punished and God is ready to restore Israel. And he says, I'm going to take her and bring her back into the wilderness and speak to my bride there. And she shall sing there. Isn't it amazing that it's in the desert that Israel would sing again? not on the mountaintop, not in the uh, promised land, so to speak, but in the wilderness again. God has to take us into the desert sometimes so that we'll actually hear him. We are surrounded by entertainments, by distractions, 
if we're not checking a notification on our phone, we've got an earbud in our ear. If we're not listening uh, to music, we're talking on the phone or we're having a conversation with someone else. And listen to me, God needs to bring us into desert times sometimes, whether it's a, a, a difficulty, whether it's a dry time, whether it is a, 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 a tribulation time, whether whatever time in your life where you feel like you're being, uh, 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 where, where it, it seems like it's not fruitful, where it seems like uh, you're, you're uh, under persecution, where it seems like uh, that God is not blessing, it may just be a desert time where God is removing everything out of your life so you can hear, so you can listen, so he can speak. There are times that God brings you into a difficult place to make it easier to hear. It's hard to hear God's voice when you're surrounded by people congratulating you. It's hard to hear God's voice when you're in a party. Or to hear God's voice when everything is going well because we distract ourselves, we entertain ourselves, we recreate ourselves. And God many times has to force us into the desert. Why am I saying all of this? Because it would be a lot better if we would choose to go into the desert every once in a while and remove ourselves from everything every once in a while and determine that we're going to get quiet and let God speak to us and determine that we're going to prioritize our heart in the right way so that God doesn't have to force it upon us and determine that we're going to see trials and uh, uh, difficulties as good training for victory. We got to get out of this mindset of everything good is from God and everything bad is from the devil. <laughs> in, in, in Nigeria, and I heard it in Ghana too when I was there in April. If, if you greet someone and they say, and you say, how, how are you doing? Sometimes people will actually be honest to you uh, and they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down or I'm sick. And your response to them is supposed to be, ah, the devil is a liar. Because you are then uh, assigning that sickness to the devil and saying that he will be defeated. Can I help you with something? The devil is not the one that is trying to bring victory in your life, okay? He's not the one bringing the difficulties that are preparing you for victory. Uh, I have to remind our people all the time, you're a child of God. Uh, 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 the God, God if, if Jesus is your Savior, God is your Father. He will not allow, any, there's nothing that comes in your life that He does not allow. The, uh, the, the devil is not trying to, uh, the Bible says that, uh, uh, Paul said, I glory in tribulations. For tribulation work patience, patience experience, and experience hope. The devil has no desire for you to have patience, experience, and hope. But God does. And he uses tribulation for that. We think everything bad is from the devil. We're taking glory away from God. God is the one that's trying to give you victory.
Stop blaming it on the devil. Determine that you're going to have the right priorities and determine that you're going to take some time without the distractions so that God can speak to you. Because if we don't, then a loving God will somehow remove the distractions and somehow take away all the noise so that you can hear again and he'll speak softly to you. And you'll sing again. But why wouldn't it be a lot better to sing now? Wouldn't it be a lot better to get into the silence every once in a while now? Wouldn't it be better to have the right priorities now? Wouldn't it be better to determine that when God brings us through a difficulty, a desert, he's preparing us for victory? Father, thank you so much for this time. And